0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. This is Kirk Henderson, editor-in-chief of mavsmoneyball.com. You are joining Pod Mavericks live show this time it's a party because the Dallas Mavericks won now 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 let's let's get the elephant out of the room immediately where some of you are wondering if you should be happy that the Dallas Mavericks won here's the thing guys life is too short sports are supposed to be fun rooting for rooting for losses is not particularly fun and when it became pretty clear that the Mavericks were going to beat the shit out of the Pacers I, I just decided to lean in Uh, In the game, we saw the Mavericks shoot roughly 50% from three, blow up any sort of uh, Pacers opportunity to rebound uh, back and kind of get in the game despite the Pacers, you know, rebounding uh, dominance over the Mavericks. Dallas shot 50% from three, basically. And the Pacers didn't have much of a chance. Um, This was a different kind of tank than against the Hornets. The Hornets have some pretty, you know, some, some, Interesting athletic guys. Um, the Pacers, while they, I enjoyed watching a few of their guys. They just didn't have it, and they also didn't shoot very well from three. So there wasn't really a chance for that to become something else. Uh, by the middle, you know, by, by halftime, it was pretty clear the Mavericks were going to run away from it. Uh, so we will we will see where we're going. Um, just to kind of to start the show with a little bit of a change of pace. Pretty soon here, I'm going to be pivoting away from Spotify Live. Um, the show has—I love Spotify Live. I think it its barrier for entry is low. Uh, people can join on their phones, and I think that that is really one of the things that's given this show um, a lot of oomph. But. I am also getting kind of an opportunity to pivot hard into YouTube uh, using um, StreamYard. I'll be able to host live shows, which will then simulcast to uh, YouTube just like this. And if you guys are clicking the link and looking around for those sorts of things, you'll be able to join the show just like this, talk in the comments just like this, and come up and talk with me just like this. Uh, I think that will be a little bit bigger of a barrier for entry for some people just because... Uh, You know, I'm really not entirely sure if you can join from your phone that way. I don't see why you couldn't as long as you're on a, uh, you know, kind of an internet connection. But I suppose some people, you know, wanting to be seen is different than wanting to be talked to. uh, And that may be too much for people, but I really do hope you consider um, hanging out with me and we'll see what's up. Uh, You know, Brett in the thing says, um, I wonder if we'll get more toxic commenters. So as far as I understand it, with the StreamYard app because it's it casts to YouTube. If you actually wanted to join the show, you have to still join through StreamYard. Um, so I would be like, you know, tweeting out the link and posting the link and you would have to join through that if you wanted to come up on on and actually talk on the show. Like we might get more ridiculous comments, but from other people that I've talked to kind of around the industry that use this it will be not dissimilar and, you know, I'll still have the ability to police the way we do, um, in here. So, uh, we'll see where we go. I'm going to post, you know, Josh and I posted our podcast up there tonight. So in the comments, I'm giving you the opportunity to subscribe and I'm going to have to figure out kind of the difference between, um, what I'm doing with, with StreamYard and this. So, excuse me, I had to cough there. Um, We'll figure this out. It's going to be a little wonky. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, and it, it's, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing at this either. And at one point we had, like, I don't know, when Mark Stein joined that one time. Mark Stein, Kevin O'Connor, we had something like 10,000 people in here at once. It was preposterous. Uh, so so we'll see. Um, all right. Why don't you come up on stage, guys? Let's uh, Let's talk and hang out for a little bit. But maybe let's get out of Dodge. With this one, uh, faster than we did these previous two nights, we did it over three hours of of post game venting following the losses to the Hornets, which is fine. I had a great time talking, but I I must say that I am a bit tired. (laughs) So, thanks so much for coming in here. All right, coming up first, we're gonna go to my man Ewan. You're gonna. uh, I'm sorry for for you know doing this so late for you East Coasters. What's going on?
2: Hey, what's up? Pretty much. You know, good win to get back on the win side, so that feels good.
1: You know, yep, Did you? you know, what my favorite part of the game was it. It was, was it good. was not the pass? the pass; it was the fact that Jaden Hardy fucking made the shot.
2: Yeah, we have a history of them selling out Lucas' crazy assists.
1: He has been robbed by Maxi and by Bullock so many times, so it's it's crazy. It's crazy, but yeah, that was fun. That was fun. That part of it, at least. That-
2: did you see the other crossover that he hit when the guy slid pretty much like to the free throw line, but he missed the shot? That
1: was. I, nice I'm liking the handles more and more. And the handles and sort of the drivability, you know, he was awful at the rim in the G League, like awful, awful. And his kind of confidence growing is very pleasing. Uh, after not playing much last night, it was good to see him get a lot tonight.
2: Yeah, you can see, not from the last Charlotte game, but the one at home where we lost, you can see how Luca was trusted him in that fourth quarter of that game, and that he was looking for him, mm-hmm. and, you know, those back-to-back threes. So, Luke and Kyrie have a good trust in him, and they trust that, you know, he's, like, he's not scared. He's going to be ready for the moment to either take the shot or do whatever he got to do. So, that's good to see going forward, you know? That's right. And, um, you know, year's just... We gotta, you know, appreciate Luca, man. Like I mean, all his, you know, his little shortcomings he got with his temper and man, listen, he's he's amazing, man. He's he's amazing. So we we I mean, I know we appreciate him, but sometimes we take him for granted how good he how good he is and how simple he makes certain things look. Cause if you look at that video that I passed to Miles Turner, he had his hand on his head. He was like, Oh my god, he couldn't believe it happened.
1: So I was just like <laughs> I've never seen something quite like that because if you – let's just like – let's talk. So I, I can't remember how high the bottom of a backboard is in the NBA, but I can still touch it, which means it's not that high up. And so you you consider Lucas' height. You consider that he's falling out of bounds. You consider that he also has to jump a little bit. The sheer angle seems impossible. Like I, I, I don't know how he didn't hit the bottom of the backboard. It was wild. Yeah. You can,
2: and you know, and he was double teamed. And it's like all the players around the league, you know, I love when they just see stuff happens and they tweet about Mm -hmm. it. And everybody, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And that's like regular stuff us Mass fans see on a daily basis, watching him every night, you know? Mm -hmm. It's good. I mean, yeah. And I mean, lastly, I mean, it was great to be, it was great to have a top 10 pick, you know? But I've always said I like the playoff experience. You know, especially for Hardy, if we do make a plan, even if we don't go no go where go nowhere, at least that that seven game series, if he's able to get some playing time, it would be good for him and Josh Green building his confidence. You know, so that'll be important if we do get a you know maybe a playing spot in the playoffs. And then lastly, is like I also want to see what Kyrie and Luca can do in the playoffs, even if it's just four games. I would just like to see a series of them dissecting the other team and what you know what they can really do together in that kind of atmosphere for a same series so um other than that you know Luke is amazing man I mean <laughs> Luke is amazing and lastly um sorry Joel Embiid is resting to deal with Dwight Powell on Wednesday so prepare ourselves Or for
1: or JaVale or JaVale McGee like, like Dustin breaking the rust off JaVale McGee only to see JaVale get just like very mean things have happened to him is not fair.
2: But Javel shows some, you know, athleticism that athleticism that we've been wanting from position tonight. That dunk was that dunk was pretty nasty too. That was yeah. Well, all right, man. Um, Wednesday,
3: hopefully another dub. So we'll see. Well, thanks so much for starting us off. All right. Coming up next in my man, Chris. Chris, what's going on? You had to drop hey. off the
1: other
4: night. Sorry about that. I didn't get you in time. Oh, no, no, no. It's uh, that whole Charlotte game. I <laughs> Just like, I wasn't halfway through. I'm like, man, I, I, I can't. I just got to go on to the next game and hopefully we win. And I know some people are, you know, rooting for losses, but I really feel like, okay, so we won tonight. We got six games left. Win four of them and three of them are our home games. So even if you lose to the Sixers and maybe the Heat, I mean, if you can win out, I mean, are, so we only have tiebreaker against just the Lakers. There's no other team that's in this playing race that we have tiebreakers with. I know we don't on the Thunder.
1: I don't know any of the tiebreakers. I kind of don't want to know any of it. I, I, it's like pop, It's it's like a
4: surprise every day where I'm I'm opening. You know, yeah. Because I, I watched Mavs live, I think I was hearing Brian DeMaris in the background. I I, I don't think we have against Minnesota. I mean. I know Utah might lose tonight, so I don't mean, I have to worry about them. But they're below us. So, yeah, yeah this is just, they're just gonna have to win games. But I do like seeing Javel McGee out there, and I'm kind of wondering. He didn't. He only got two rebounds, but his post presence there. There was one play where just his presence there made the other guy second guess himself, and he ended up traveling. Sure, and sure. Then, I don't know. I just felt like, well, what if he was in some of these games? Like maybe they wouldn't have gotten so many easy baskets. So I know he's got his quirks. He's got, he's, he's king of shacking the fool. I get it, but man, Powell makes a lot of mistakes. Maxi makes a lot of mistakes. I mean, and they're still out there. I, I, and I know probably why uh, McGee was out there more with, cause Maxi wasn't playing tonight. but I mean, he's long and he, he, he is a post presence there. I mean, and that's what we need right now. And he's a vet. He, he even said in the, in the, in the post game interview that there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, players out there, but there's there's very few professionals, and he keeps himself ready. I don't know. There's just times when he doesn't play much. When he comes back in, I feel like he he has an impact somewhat. So I'm just I'm glad they won. I don't want them to tank, but if they lost tonight, I'd be like maybe they should. So
1: well, I mean that's sort of what's challenging when you look at the the, the guy the teams that they're playing. The Sixers, for all intents and purposes, should wax
4: Mavericks. Um, the, the, yeah, and they rested Embiid tonight, and he's oh, probably going to be Harden fresh. too for Wednesday. Harden also
1: didn't play. Um, so so it's uh, right. you know, and they're making a playoff push themselves, and I think that Den- you know they, they're going to want to get back a win after playing Denver, and and so it's like that's sort of on on paper. You're you're curious about that, and and so there's there's just enough of this to to make you wonder where like I'm looking. Let me just pull up the schedule. I've, I I should
4: keep open tabs on my computer. I know off the top of my head. I'll tell you Wednesday. I'm not even looking at anything, but yeah, Wednesday we play the Sixers. Yeah, I think Friday we play the Heat. See, and the Heat have been on a heater. Um, Yeah, the Butler. And yeah, so it's yeah. like then you play Atlanta,
1: Sacramento, Chicago, and all three of those teams still have playing – You know, I mean, obviously Sacramento is looking to clinch and just, you know, ride as ride as far as they can
4: go. Um, well, I feel like Sacramento, because we're playing them the second. To the last or no, the third last game of the season. I'm thinking if they, uh, I'm wondering if they might rest. Some I'm players sure they might, make,
1: but they still might beat us with rested guys. Like, that's like the Mavericks defense is just oh, that yeah, bad. Oh, yeah, that's what
4: I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. We, we just, it just sucks this season. This has been that season where it's like you go into a game, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we should win because, and then we end up getting beat by a player with his last name Thor. I never even heard of him ever. Sure. I mean, that's it, been like, oh, how many games have we gone in? There's a third string players that are just trying to prove themselves. And they're like, oh, I'm playing Luka and Kyrie, or most of the season, oh, I'm playing the Dallas Mavericks and Luka. I gotta show out, or at least try try to show out so much so they can get a contract. I mean that and then they end up getting 30, 35 points on us. It, it, that really sucks. But um <laughs> glad to get a win. We we've gotta win <laughs> we gotta win like four maybe five of these games. But it would that would be nice to because we owe the tiebreaker on the Lakers, that would be nice. The very last game of the season, we ended up tying with them, and <laughs> you know. It. But damn, it, if we're going to make the play, and don't make the ninth intensity, get the damn seventh intensity.
1: See, and that's where it's difficult because you watch these, you look at these games, and you think, in order to do that, they're going to have to, they're going to have to go five hundred or four and two. Like, and I don't, I don't think that's possible.
4: I just don't. I don't know, man. With this team, we're yeah, always wrong. No, like, that's I feel true. like It's always the opposite of what. We- what we think they could be coming in there. They could kick the Sixers ass. Like we've already beaten them, but I'm saying, I know we're playing in Philly, but we still have Luca and Kyrie. And if they go off and we can somewhat hold it down, and maybe Javel McGee might have a, another impactful game. We just need some stops here and there. But if if you got Luca going for like 45 points and Luca, and then Kyrie going for 35, I mean, do decent on defense. You just never know. And hopefully they'll, other team will have an off night, but yeah, I do want that. At the same time, man, I do want that draft pick, man. I don't want to give anything more to the Knicks. Sure. But we, we still got, you know, like six games left. So let's just – let's just hopefully we can go on a win streak here. But I did subscribe to the YouTube thing. I'm kind of glad you guys are doing that. Right. Is it making it, it possible where you can – when we accept the call, do, do they see the video on on us or is it just the audio? So.
1: I'm pretty sure it's video on you because I've used it to join other people's shows. Um I could do it. What if, what if you're on the toilet or something? I mean, what what do you do? See you know I mean? see and then I would probably click away. Uh, I'm still like <laughs> I'm still learning how to use the damn thing. Like I got kind of a tutorial from a friend today because the, the service is streamcast and it lets me do a lot of cool shit, but I don't I mean, I, I gotta you you know, it's it's riding a bike. I gotta use it before I can really figure elements of it out, even if I do like read all the manuals and stuff. So we'll see, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be a shit show. We had that, you know. You've been coming to these for two years. Some of these in the beginning were rough, but it's it's talking basketball with people. It's no yeah, different yeah. than being at a
4: yeah. I'm subscribed to you guys now, and the only two subscribers I have is the Mavericks, well, Metallica, and then uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd. That's sure, I don't see. I just
1: like don't use YouTube. I have never, you know, I do to <laughs> like look up specific stuff, but it's like this. It's a whole ecosystem that I am not familiar with. So, good luck to
4: Josh and I. But thank you so much. We we i appreciate you and your heart, you and Josh and all the Mavs money, uh, whatever y'all want to, uh, Pod Maverick. I mean, we pr- really appreciate all y'all's hard work. We really do. So. Oh, sure thing, bud. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: let's go name i don't recognize peter welcome welcome to the show how you doing oh i remember peter sorry it's been a while hit the if you're in the chat pull out uh using the button in the top left and hit the unmute button which is on the bottom of
6: the got it top. got it thank thanks kirk uh and yeah appreciate you uh continuing to hold these through this trying season um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean what else i, I don't you you? remember me I, yeah, I, I don't know if you remember me as uh, Pete West on on Mas Moneyball, uh, a c- constant curmudgeon. I, d- I don't have the time to comment as much as I used to, but also arguing with uh you know people online is is something I'm trying to do a bit less of. But um, anyways, trying season, right? You know, I've I've, I've tried to be an, an eternal optimist through the whole thing, like optimist post Brunson, uh you know leaving optimist through going five hundred sure. through the whole season optimist post Kyrie and you know us falling down the standings and then finally after those um those two losses to the to the Hornets I just I I finally gave up you know and then you know they they turned around a little bit today but uh yeah man I I think one of the biggest things that's that's been kind of baffling to me this season is we had so much success um and this is this is uh more of a, a recent criticism of, of of the Mavs we had so much success with uh you know kind of Three wings around uh, Luca and uh, another creator and, and, Ma- or sorry, two wings around Luca and, and, and Brunson and Maxi in, in the playoffs. And then, you know, we, we have a lineup that can sort of approximate that with Bullock, Green, Maxi, Luca, and Kyrie. And that lineup has played eight minutes. <laughs> and we're sitting here losing games to the hornets i'm like what are we saving it for
1: (laughs) i don't you know that's why i get back i talked about this on twitter a little bit talked about a lot like i don't think they understood why they won last year because to to complain about i mean complaining is not fair yes they got waxed on the boards by by the uh golden state but they got waxed on the boards all postseason. They seeded that and they hit a ton of threes and they played really good defense. And so instead of finding another wing defender, they went and got JaVale McGee. And I just sort of failed because the year has really been about Max. I'm not Maxie uh, Bullock and Dorian up until he was traded, really taking significant steps back as defenders, point of attack or help defenders. And then just seeing how important Matt Maxie was to the defense to the point to where they over-rely on him, and Maxi will give you twenty five minutes a game on a night in, night out basis. Probably thirty to thirty two minutes in a playoff game if you really need him. But they really, he was like like him and Bullock were just lynchpins. And after Maxi's come back, it's it's not. I didn't expect him to be the same. He tore his damn hamstring, so it's like I've not really understood the entire like team construction. And so they've been going with this one big lineup for much of the year to, cause it feels like kid went away from two bigs early in the season because it wasn't great. And he's been going one big for much of the season. Then he went back to two for a while. And then these last three games, he's gone back to one. And it's like, I just don't think he had any idea why they won. And, and the coaching staff makes me feel that way because I don't really like what does Jared Dudley do? Like I, I, I'm just I'm genuinely confused about a whole lot about this season, and I feel like the Mavericks are too because it's like if you bring back most of the same guys, having this much of a, a, a turnaround is cannot be just because a couple of guys are a little bit older. Like there, there's there's just this is this He's season like, doesn't make any.
6: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think you cut out a little bit for me, so I'm sorry. Apologies That's all right. for uh, you know, for you. Um, yeah. So my, you know, uh, deep down inside, I still think kid. I still believe the kid thinks he's saving this you know, lineup for the playoffs because it's, it's the only lineup that makes sense for this roster, which is you know, the Bullock, Green, Kyrie, Luka, and Maxi. Eight minutes to this point in the season is just baffling to me. So I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping to see it more. Um, who who one, do you have last- guard? Just question with that. Is
1: Green kind of your other yeah. big in that lineup? Who is – I would say
6: Luka is the four. Okay,
1: okay. I can see that. Yeah, and then you, you kind of hide him – on a bigger
6: guy and make him box somebody out. Okay. It's not ideal. And it's not, it's not, a, it's not going to replace Dorian, but I, I still feel like that is the only viable. Well, if, if we Luca would just there, challenge uh, a
1: shot more often, it would make all the difference in the world. Uh, but I, I would, I would like yeah, to and, see uh, that now, I guess.
6: I mean, what's the harm? And uh, yeah, just a couple last know. points. We, uh, t- if, t- if Tim and Wood are on the team next year, uh, I, I might find a new team. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I kid, but I, I honestly think Wood has been one of the biggest reasons that our defense is, is so much worse this year. Um, and then just lastly, my, my optimism is uh, it's back after one game against a, a, a Pacers team without a lot of their best players. But all I want to say is no one wants to see, you know, kind of locked in game seven, Kyrie and Luka in a play-in situation.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I tend to agree, but in a one game situation, those guys are either going to run you off the floor or they're going to fold like a chair. It's, it's, I'm really, I, I think for the long-term success of the organization, I think them not tanking because I don't think they can tank because tanking is intentionally losing. Getting a lottery pick would, would really matter. It just a top 10 pick would really matter. There's two or three guys I think that they would like, or they could trade out of it. I don't care. But if they're not going to do it, then I really hope that they they really push. Like, if they go on like a five and one run to close this out, that's what they have to do. I I'm open to all options at this point. I'm like trying not to get to it. I like the draft because it's it's just very different content after 82 games of slog, and we just as Mavs fans we don't get to talk about it because they never have picks. Did you see? That Bobby Marks thing, I don't know if it was accurate. Somebody told me it wasn't true, but that Bobby Marks of the Mavs don't have a second-round pick for seven years, and I'm just like, Jesus. Uh, the, the, I like team-building stuff, and they just limit themselves when they're not doing it, when they don't draft.
6: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, and and I, I, I'm with you. I could get behind either route. I I think like my, my natural inclination is you know, just based on the Western Conference Finals run and seeing Luca play in the playoffs, just being such a dog, and, and Kyrie, the saying. The same way, I, I, I think I, you know, kind of lean towards wanting to see them get in, but uh, I agree, I could get behind either either route. But uh, hey, Kirk, thanks for having me up. Sure thing, Good Pete. Chatting.
7: Talk
1: to you. All right, let's go to Micah. Micah, what's up, man? Welcome.
8: What's going on, Kirk? Can you there, hear me?
1: There we go. I love your connection. It's like we're talking through a CB radio, and it's nineteen eighty four. It's my favorite thing. Oh man, a uh, hey,
8: decent win, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah i I tend to agree with what you are saying. I don't think they know why they won, but I do think they know why they sure. lost. And the problem is they press why they lost for fucking Christian Wood and Javale McGee. And this is where we're at. So, I mean, um, I will say this though: seeing a game like this, it continues to prove my point. You've got to have some form of size on the court to compete with anybody. And it's just like, um, like the the Golden State game last night was like a perfect example of it. They played against they played against Minnesota. Now I was looking at the box tour minutes and I saw that John Kamingo was only getting like ten minutes and it's almost the end of the game. I'm like, okay. They're gonna lose because when he's not out there and Andrew Wiggins isn't out there, they had the exact same problem. They're asking a six four guy to do a six, eight guys job. And that's what you end up with. You, you put yourself at a physical disadvantage to pretty much all the other 29 teams when your roster is constructed or your lineup is constructed that way. That's why, that's why it looks so bad against Charlotte is they have now, no mistake, they're bad, but at the same time, They have big athletic dudes and that's the kind of people that will give us problems. And I don't care what the team is exactly.
1: Well, they just have so many fundamental issues and that's what this has has exposed. Uh, If you've not read Josh Bowe's piece on com, he wrote about kind of other super duper stars and where they were at age 24 and it it's not hyperbole. Luca is Luca, and the Mavericks are are in the worst situation of any of these teams. Like not making the playoffs five years in, which is a, a real thing. The Mavericks are, are staring at the face is basically unheard of, and you cannot pin that on Luca. You pin that on the the organization. Exactly.
8: Well, I, I mean, I read that article. What those other superstars have in common? I can tell you that none of those guys played with a lineup that had four guys on the court that were under six to eight at any time. That's, that's not, that's just not winning basketball. We, we got sold this bill of goods about small ball and that's just not winning basketball. Even Warriors, we got sold this idea that they were playing this tiny lineup to win these championships and that's just not the case. Like, in the two championships that they lost, they got out physical in both of them. And, like, if you look at the ones that they won, they all had that same component of having a bigger wing out there. But now you look at them, they're just as bad as us. That's what's, that's what's funny is everybody wants to clown and say, oh, look at Luke and Kyrie. Kyrie's a locker cancer. He can't work. Okay, dude. Y'all want to say all that crap? Talk about your guy getting his ass whooped by Andre Drummond. Talk sure. about your guy being told by Pat- Patrick Beverly. He's too small. Since y'all want to laugh and crack jokes. Talk about that, Mr. Stan Network. But anyway, that's decide my point. We go. I like it. I like it. Little Spice. Uh, little Spice. You know, but it's, it's just funny. It's um, we've been told by all these guys that the Mavericks, suck. and of course I agree, they're not doing nothing. Of course I agree, but they will sit there and try to sell us that the Lakers are somehow magically going to become a decent basketball team and knock off Denver, but they're out here getting bitched by Chicago. Come on, man, sell that to somebody else.
1: Sure. <laughs>
8: But, yeah, it's just – team building is hard. You just – they have to accept the fact that you need size to compete. Yeah. Um, I'm wanting in the tanking deal. I want to get done with the deal for – I just want to be done with new, the New York deal. And there was part of me that was kind of wanting Mitchell Robinson because I feel like he'd be a good fit. But then the other side of me is I don't want to do no more deals with the damn Knicks. They're undone. done.
1: <laughs> yeah, same same teams trading over and over again is, is 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 upsetting. But yes, so well, thank you so much, Micah. Yeah. Appreciate you we, joining. We switch should... we should... back. Yeah, yeah. All right. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there. There's always a slight delay between you and I when we're chatting, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. Coming up
3: next, Brandon. What's going on, my guy?
1: Kirk, I'm well.
9: Um, I think it was a. I think it was a needed win. Um, uh, Chuck was, Chuck Cooperstein was talking about how the bench is having fun and it has been a long time since those guys actually had fun. And that's, that's so true. Um, so, you know, for whatever reason, hopefully that, you know, builds up some type of, you know, camaraderie amongst those guys, even for the little, you know, the short term, you know, to give them some type of, you know, uh, sense of, of, of accomplishment because, you know they've been it's been terrible. Twenty twenty three has been a terrible time for them guys. So you know um, it's a small achievement. Uh, you know, uh, not a lot, but it's something.
1: Even if it's against the 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 lo- the the loathsome Pacers. Sure, sure. Rick Rick Carlisle finding a new way to to hurt the Mavericks. Even even through winning, he hurts the Mavericks. But I you know we we all watch for wins. So I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah, man, that classic Rick, man, every every <laughs> every
9: uh increase in the in the lead, that dude's calling a timeout. I'm like, man, no matter where this guy's go, he got
1: some to- He challenged the damn towel of thirty <laughs> points. Like, come on, Rick, we wanna go to bed.
9: No, Rick he he probably ready to get thrown out the game, like screw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dude he'll get thrown out the game quick over some petty stuff too. Man, but Kirk, um I just gotta just I don't know. So I'm I'm thinking in, in a worst case scenario where the Mavs do get a lottery pick and let's say they get a lottery pick and they and they get Kyrie um, next year. Would you would you ever think about, you know, you know, not drafting, but trading that pick and Kyrie to hit a, a slight reset to to get some type of young asset
1: and future draft picks?
8: I, mean,
1: well- I, saw, I saw somebody today say that it, like if the Mavericks lucked into a top four pick, which is where the lottery, like that's what the lottery's for is establishing those top four guys um, to call the Nets immediately from Mikhail Bridges. Somebody else saw something that's like, well, if we got number one overall, would you seriously consider you know sending it to Toronto for a, a ransom between their players and maybe another pick down the line? And I wouldn't, because I like the draft. I like building through the draft. I don't like, like, I think certain things are shortcuts. Um, We have seen what happens when Jaden Hardy, who, I think we would all agree that Jaden Hardy probably should have been, like, a top 20 draft pick. I don't know where he would go in that range, but I do think he, he, like, he wasn't pick 37. So what, and, and, you know, we've seen where Josh Green has gone. If you consider him basically a second year player at this point, playing with Luca, what do you do if you pair Luca with an honest to God blue chipper? That excites the shit out of me. Some of these guys that are in this draft, your Scoot Henderson, a Victor Wimbanyama, uh, uh, either of the Thompson twins. Like, I'm sorry. I just get excited at that concept. There's a number of these guys. And, and well, Vladi in the chat says, Kirk, but can they contribute next year? Rookies don't contribute to winning if the team sucks. If the team is good, that'd be fine. Like, we want, like, if if I really earnestly think, like, if, if, you're, if you're rookie, you know, star rookie, whatever, top five draft pick, is your fourth best player in, in a lineup, I, I really think you can win because you would have Luka, you would have Kyrie. Like, I just, I'm really, I'm really sold on this as a concept. And I think it might be me getting a little high on Hopium, but I, I just, yeah. Jim Camp says Brandon Miller is the real deal. Brandon Miller is going to be 21 in October. Like right. that's a plug and play wing. Yes. Like there's part of the, part of the reason why he's kicking the shit out of everybody is he's two years older than all the that's other. Best guys. Man. Um, And so there's just like, there's a lot to love with these guys yeah. and, I love the concept because I've, I wanted the Mavs to build through the draft for years and they simply wouldn't do it. It drives me crazy because in 2003, you'll remember this, the Josh Howard draft, the Marquise Daniels unrestricted free agent draft. Like he was a a, a guy that they picked up the same way they got um, JJ Berea and then Dorian Finney Smith down the road. Then two years later, they have Devin Harris, who they sent away um, Antoine Jameson for Jerry Stackhouse and that pick like young top-notch talent can make a big difference. It, it, and I, I think we are sort of like, we're all sort of eh, about it because we, we've seen these lotto teams. You see like the magic be terrible, but we have the part that matters. Luca, everything else is what you can add through. And so Right. I don't know. I'm, that's my opinion. I, I think the Mavericks would trade the pick because they never fucking do what I want them to. I sold my soul, apparently, to get them to draft Luca, and then everything after that has been Garbo.
3: Right.
9: I don't know. It seems like – and I could be wrong, but it seems like the NBA uh, goes through dynamic shit because everybody's trying that's to play catch up very- to the latest trend. Uh, the big three was the latest trend. And now that they're saying that the big three doesn't, you know, is sustainable because of contracts and, and egos, they're trying to get a big in and, and, and a nice guard. So now you, you have a, you know, a situation in, in, in Milwaukee. So, you know, trends that happened so far down the line. So who's to say two years, if Dallas do get a nice big, if that trend is going to be there. But I don't know. I think I think drafting is good. But I don't know. It seems like to me, um, if you have – it's kind of like a top-heavy roster, how would you keep those guys? You know sure. what I mean? Golden state did well because everybody took a cut. Um, well,
1: they, they're like their – how much money their roster costs, that's, they're the benefit of drafting well. Their roster is like $450 million a year or whatever it is because they're paying guys that they drafted, and you can do that. There, like, there's a, a discussion going on for the next CBA about the abolishment of elements of the like, the, the repeater tax, like some of that stuff, because Golden State is making the argument that it's not fair that they have to pay extra for the fact that they actually did – they built the team the way that the NBA wants teams to do. So, right. yeah, th- but that's our argument with Uncle Sam, about I should have to pay <laughs> my taxes.
9: But, <laughs> yeah, but, but it seems – I don't know, man. I, I agree with you, but it seems to me that Dallas is so much – I guess you could say in the deficit on talent and and financially on uh, the cap that it would make sense to to break it down into incremental parts. So maybe trade if they get a top four, maybe trade down for like a a five or a six in a future first or something like that, or maybe package one of those first for with Kyrie for something sure. um, else if that isn't working out. Because, I do think
1: the Kyrie thing's know. working out though. Like it's. I, I really, really do. I, I think the question, you know, about Kyrie and Luka is that Luka needs to be a better defender and Kyrie needs to be a better defender, but they also need to be surrounded by better defenders. Like, it's a team concept thing, you
9: know? Yeah. Scheme scheme uh, as well, too. Um, I don't know if you remember the coach that came from Wyoming that stayed a year in Dallas and went to Florida. Um, it seems like he was the only coach on the Dallas – Roster that had some head coach experience. We're talking Mosley, you know I mean? Jamal Mosley. Not Mosley. He play, he was a coach of Wyoming. He got mad. He left. And now he coaches at he's the head coach of the University of Florida. I have to look this up because I, I can't remember, remember who you're name. talking about. Um, he he just stayed like a year. He didn't stay very long. Um, but he was seems like he's the only coach that has some form of head coach experience. You know, the rest of them like Daryl Armstrong, Dudley. Guys that were you know players that have some type of background, and um, I kind of wonder if scheme is something that you know like these teams that do well they bring in a um, they bring in an ex head coach you know kind of like Golden State and, and Sacramento did to to um, uh, I can't think of Cleveland's old coach name but you know they brought in some type of person with head coach experience to kind of you know um, help help sell the ship and it seems like Dallas doesn't have that that coaching uh experience on the bench so it's i don't know it seems like scheme is a is a huge issue so you run into the deer in the headlights with the whole coaching staff and you know all these
1: big mistakes well i mean but, i like i don't i don't care like they have too many coaches that we don't know what they do it feels like a dereliction of responsibility you have 10 or 11 head uh, like associate coaches and one head coach who doesn't run practice like they've I, I, the coaching thing is almost a whole whole different thing.
9: Yeah, yeah. I guess in some ways it could go back to like some people say you can't coach talent. I don't know. Yeah. But but yeah, but definitely I would definitely say – just one more thing. Like I said, I would definitely say um, to me I would trade down at least – uh, try to try to build up some type of assets, you know, just to have something for the future. But yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good win, even if you know it was against the 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 Wilson Pacers. It was still something that made those guys, you know, come together and, and play sure. well. You know, well, I power. I just
1: I just explained to to one fan friend of mine who was asking. I was like, I don't think they could have lost if they tried, because the 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 guys that they were running out there tonight, you know, the Hornets. Uh, Horn- yeah, it's not. I keep wanting to call them Bobcats. The Hornets have some athletic guys yeah. that can give the Mavericks problems. Like, the, the they were just enough, and they punched the Mavericks in the mouth just enough for two straight games to win that. I just – the Mavericks shooting was going to kick in at some point, and we got that tonight. At third
9: quarter, especially, man. A lot of points. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, man. Thanks for hanging out. Mm-hmm. Let's go next then to Adam. Welcome, Adam. What's up?
7: Hey Kirk, uh, I uh, I just want to start by saying I hope everybody takes the time to find and follow you on Streamyard and YouTube, and uh, thanks for all you do. Uh, we I'm gonna
1: be I'm gonna be super annoying about spamming links. People are gonna be tired of that by the end, but
7: <laughs> actually, I, mean, I think it's clear to everybody that you could monetize this more, but you you definitely go the egalitarian approach and want to be as inclusive as possible. So I hope everybody kind of. Uh, Kind of uh, takes that into account, but yeah. I wanted to I wanted to actually kind of uh, jump on kind of a point you made the other night about clutch games with uh, you know, with the Mavericks, and actually it was in an article that I think one of your writers Jordan um, um, wrote wrote a few days ago. I think it was before the 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 games with with the with the Hornets. I think he was saying since February first, the Mavericks had played um, the most clutch games. In um, that was, like, 19 games, I think they were like seven, it's
1: something ridiculous. Yes,
7: yeah, they were like seven and ten, and now it's like seven and twelve with the two losses to the Hornets. they were like uh, I think they were 25th in clutch win percentage. You know, during right. that time, it's just so. I want to take a different tack. Is it possible that just the fairy tale season last year was like the best case scenario, and this is just this is just luck that you know it's just gone the other way. Because – or or is it possible that just Brunson was just uh, a really great kind of game manager at the end of games? And, you know, when maybe Luca's, Lucas' decision-making wasn't the best, you know, that being able to to pass the ball off to Brunson to manage, you know, a few of the possessions down the stretch made that big of a difference? What do you think?
1: I do. I do.
7: I I think that
1: that you know the three head the three headed attack the ball handlers didn't necessarily work like we felt it did once you got into the numbers. But having three different options, you know, having running two of them on the floor at any moment really helped. And the Mavericks are just so damn vanilla right now. Um, did you see the Haralbob Bob thread today about like kind of criticizing how how vanilla the Mavericks offense is?
7: No, what did he say? He basically
1: is like, "What the hell are you doing having Kyrie stand in the corner all the time?" Which I think is something we've all kind of asked. And I got a couple of of responses to that. Josh and I talked a little bit about this on the post game show. The first response is that number one, even with Luca or Kyrie in the corner, the Mavericks offense whips. <laughs> like it ultimately kind of doesn't matter. That's how good they've been. Uh, But then the second response was from my friend Matt Moore of the Action Network said when he asked about this, he said one coach responded with, well, when you bring your two best players together to run actions, that means you're usually bringing together the two best defensive players from the other team. So that can kind of cause its own problems. Like you're bringing two of the best defenders to the ball, which I thought was an interesting response.
7: That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, really interesting. So
1: it, it's, I don't know. I mean, I do think there's a lot to criticize about both kids' offense and Luca's kind of wanting to run the same thing on repeat. Um, he, Luca gave an answer post game tonight about like liking to run pin downs where he's off ball because it means he can rest. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, stop feeding into the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. there's there's a lot that we can we can go on with this. It's like they do need to run more complex sets, getting Luca doing stuff off ball instead of just getting him to different points on the floor where he can initiate the offense from. This you know, oh Luca's going to post up on the left wing. Oh Luca's going to post up at the top of the key. They occasionally do really wild, cool shit. It's just they don't do it often enough, and I feel like they're they're saving it for the playoffs that may never come.
7: That's that's yeah it's it's kind of similar to what the one of the previous callers was was talking about that's just so funny to me to think that Jason Kidd is playing three D chess right now and just holding back specific player combos as if he was like Steve Kerr with Stephen KD pick and rolls in twenty eighteen or something. So, but just like I, I hey, gotta read
1: this because Ben in the chat answers your question in a way that I didn't. He said Brunson's mid range game would settle a wild game down. He didn't hurt you as bad as Luca as a defender, and he was just super efficient. And I think that's that's the mid range stuff is what the Mavericks have missed outside of Luca. It's a great take, man.
7: that makes a lot of sense he, he killed Utah in that mid range game you know I mean he was probably you know towards the end of that series one of the main reasons why you know why Utah just you know eventually kind of detonated but I was last thing a lot of people want to talk so you're talking about kind of just the just the ineptitude of the drafting or just the unwillingness to draft and keep their current yes. position. I was almost thinking like last year right Walker Kessler. It's like, it's like that saying, right? When someone shows you who they are, believe them. Like, Walker Kessler was the Naismith player, defensive player of the year. Like, how did that guy drop to 22 in the draft? You know? It's, it's like – and so I think what Dallas had the 26th pick that they eventually, you know, traded to Houston in the, in the Christian Wood trade, right? right. Like, like, what would this team look like with Walker Kessler as the center? Without, like, would you know, like, would you even have, like, traded – for Kyrie at that point. You know, I don't like, think we're, so.
1: We're, I really don't think so. I think they would have been, because you know you go back and look at the games this team lost in the first 40 games, there were at least 10 that were true coin flips or utter meltdowns. And it, it, you win five more games, five more games this entire season. I think we're bitching about Jason Kidd nonstop, but everybody's saying, Hey, look at that. Look, they're fine. They're on the frit. They're at the top of the pile in the rough and tumble mid-tier West. They'll get better next year. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say these losses are good because I don't think that's the case, but like we talked at the beginning of the year about how this was a take your medicine year. This has been take your medicine and then some because we've really seen how, how just how years and years of, of mistakes can add up because you end up doubling down and doubling down and doubling down and then you might be left with nothing.
7: Yeah. Last thing, maybe like a, you know, cherry, you know, just just like a rosy perspective on this. Let's say you know Dallas somehow gets gets into the eighth seed. They, I think they match up pretty well with Denver, who struggles sometimes scoring. You know, if you score one twenty five on on Denver, and, and it'd be somehow, fun. yeah, it'd be fun. I, I could see them, you know, maybe maybe beating them. Then let's say uh, let's say the Clippers take out Phoenix in the first round, right? Like. Luca just kills the Clippers, right? Like, I never want
1: to see Clippers again, though. Like, I have post traumatic stress disorder from those games. Like, that was. <laughs> Watching Luca put up 46 and 14 as the Clippers beat them by 20 is so painful. But yeah, I, I understand why you like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Of course, buddy. Talk soon. Um, I did want to address something I saw in the chat a little while ago where. Uh, Adam was kind of uh, a different. Adam was talking about Lucas leadership. The one thing that I want to talk about in relation to Luca and leadership is the fact that he is a 24 year old man. I think about where I was at 24 a lot. When I see these sort of things, when I saw his kind of, uh, post-game comment the other day about, you know, he's working through some stuff right now. We don't know what those things are. Not really our business. It's okay. And I think that, being a vocal leader is not something that he that comes naturally to him. He has always been on teams up until the last couple of years where he was the young buck listening to the old guy. Dirk Nowitzki talked about this too. It is not something that just happens overnight. I do think that Luca gets there. But I do think that we have also kind of collectively watched them, you know, they took away we wanted them to cut JJ Bray, at least I did. And then they moved on from Bray, and he clearly had an important role. We wanted them to have Drogic or someone in the locker room this year. And they just missed that thing. You know, Brunson was it last year. It's okay. Brunson's, you know, he's not a young man, but he's, he's an experienced guy. He's a leader in a couple of different teams. And so it's, that sort of thing is something I think Luca absolutely grows into over the course of his career. He's too smart. He's too good a basketball player. You know, I, I've often felt that some other superstars and the leadership things that they do are a little too contrived. Um, a particular Los Angeles Laker that leads the NBA all-time in scoring, I feel like a lot of what he did, if you remember that the Heat 2011, like pregame, they would show them in the tunnel, like the videos. That, and LeBron still does that hokey horse shit to this day. Leadership is not performative. Leadership is something that happens in small ways. Dirk did it. Uh Dwayne Wade did it a lot. I, I, I think that, that we will see that with Luca eventually. Anyways, that's my diatribe. Um who's last? Oh, Sam. Sam, sorry to make
3: <laughs> what's going on, Kirk? I'm How good. You Thanks for waiting. Oh, no problem. I actually wanted to go back to the point that you made earlier. Um I was actually gonna write a thread about it because I was so mad about the last one. That I just wanted to I was just thinking about the whole season as a whole, and I just had a whole thread that I wanted to write. But I kind of I go through it right here real quick. Um, mm-hmm. So you were talking about Golden State, you know, the way they built their team with, uh, you know, Steph, Luke, uh, Luca, Steph, uh, Clay, Draymond, and everybody. Um, you remember 2015, they signed Steph to a four-year, $44 million. Yeah, his ankles were play. rubber bands at that point. Exactly. So they didn't know, you know, hey, we don't want to give them close to the match because you didn't know. So they were smart, and Steph was, you know, I was a team player. He knew what was going on, so he set the deal, and then the rest is history. So they were able to build a team, and then, you know, the just happened to go up one year, and because of that contract, they were able to get KD. So that's that. Whereas with the Mavericks, which I've always said I've for the last year and a half, when you have an opportunity to get an asset or a user asset, they don't do it. With, um, with Rick Carlisle. You can try to coach I, I, for a pick. That to me
1: is the most blatant example of Cuban what thinking. This this is is show friends, not show business. Like that shit was insane to me.
3: Yeah. Like I always remember the Doc Rivers trade when the Boston traded him to the Clippers, and they got a pick. Like get a pick. When you get Porzingis, don't say, "Hey, you know what? We haven't seen you play for a year. We're going to give you a five year max." Don't don't do that. Like it's bargaining against yourself. Right. It's, it's little things like that that just make you wonder, do these guys really know what they're doing? Because you get something like that, and now you're hamstring, so now you got to trade for a Spencer Dinwiddie, but then you got to add a, a, a Davis Batons and a second-round pick to it. Yeah. So it's, it's little things like that. And even, like, the Josh Green thing. You know, he didn't play his first year because, you know, Rick and Rookies or whatever, even though he's been playing Rookies the last couple of years. So that's even neither here you nor know, there. But you have Josh Green. If he even showed a little bit of promise – you could say, hey, you know what? We, we might be able to use him in a trade for a second round pick. Something. Anything. Yeah, And that's what makes me excited about the Jaden Hardy thing now because, like, for the last month, you've pretty much seen him ball out. And there's games where he's playing 27 minutes and then there's games where he's playing 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes no sense because, worst case, even if we don't get our pick this year, you know, I'm pretty sure at this point we're not going to trade him. But you have the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Somebody might want this guy that can come either off the bench or score and give you 20 instantly. You can get a pick. You can get some.
1: Well, I re listened, and this is in your podcast feed if you really want to be a sicko and go listen. It was the 25th episode of the Mavs Moneyball podcast. It was July 1st, 2019. You can find this in your feed. I went and looked for it and listened. It's Josh and I losing our shit about the Mavericks, fa- like just failing on the opening night of free agency in 2019 and having no plan. And I'm listening to this and I'm just like, we talked about this. This is going on five years, four years ago, whatever going on four full years ago, where we're complaining about how the Mavericks never take on assets in terms of draft picks or anything like that. They still haven't done it. And I want to say it's been over 15 years. It might be close to 20 years since they've taken on a first round pick for anything.
3: It is nuts. It, it makes no sense. Like, I actually listened to that a couple of guys. It just makes me sorry. it Makes me laugh just because of just that whole night. is what was going on? Because you signed Porzingis, but you see all these moves happening, and you find out we're, we're trying to wait to see if Danny Green's going to come to the the Mavericks or the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like like stuff like that. And it's like, what are you waiting for? Then you have to settle on Delon Wright. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's little things like that. You mentioned earlier about the the O three 3 draft when we got Josh Howard and we ended up, you know, signing Daniels. And and then, you know, a couple years later, we got Devin Harrison. You know, look at these young guys, these athletic guys. Look at these guys that can defend, they can cut to the ground, do all these things. And we were able to build a title team off of that. And, you know, Dirk was obviously the constant, so we were able to keep that up for four or five more years until we were able to get a championship. But it's like, after that championship, I don't know if Cuban just settled at that. But it's like, bro, you drafted – decent enough at the time. You had decent players that you know were they were making they were benefiting your team. Well you could make trades you could do things you were making decent under the you know, bench signings that were helping your team out. Now it's to a point where I don't know if he's just being cheap and doesn't want to make some money. Or if he's just kinda like, Well, I like what I got you network. Know, J Kid comes around, hey, you know, that's my buddy. I didn't bother, you know, I'm pretty positive he didn't go through a coaching search because I mean that's crazy. <laughs> like you nope. know, Carl had a kid literally, and I feel like a day or two, and it makes no sense. Hell, Rick Carl recommended the coach to you, and he well, no, like, see see
1: that feels like a that feels like that feels like a troll job, and he didn't realize it was happening. Meaning Cuban because he's like, yeah, bring in Jason Kidd, that point guard who I didn't really get along with. I mean granted they want a championship so shit gets worked out. Professionals work stuff out. It's just I like the hiring of kid as we get further away from it, a lot of us who are in here criticized the hire and we're like, man, they're really using Dirk in an unfair way. Yeah. yeah
3: good to meet you. And <laughs> like cuz if you say something bad it's like well, are you going to question Dirk? I mean, he recommended that we should get.
1: Yeah, and like Dirk popped in like he's shown up for his fantasy football draft after doing no work and is like, hey, let's uh, Joe Montana, number one. Let's go draft him. I just, I don't know.
3: And and the problem with that was just the fact that it, it wasn't even like all the other stuff off the court, you know, that's that's neither here nor there. Obviously, that's bad. But the fact that we didn't want KB because he's a good coach. <laughs> like, just, just, yeah. just being honest, yeah. he's not a good yeah. coach. Like, how many guys will get a third chance when he failed in his first two stops miserably?
1: Well, the draft, like the developmental uh, no. stuff is what's interesting. And I think, I think with the Lakers, he served a good, like vibes role, but as like the head coach, he looks like a deer in headlights.
3: Yeah. He was a good vibes guy when he's not the main guy, you know, right? He's doing what he's doing at as the assistant coaches and not running practice. He's just like, Hey, you know, come on guys, let's go. But that's what he's good at. And that's fine. That's no problem as the head coach, it's it, – you know, I'm just – I'm complaining. But, yeah, maybe I want to check out that. I'm going to start on Twitter pretty soon and then maybe make a blog or maybe write for your blog. I don't know. Sam, don't
1: know. you should contact me on both fronts. I, like, we're, we're getting ready to kick Xavier to the curb. Just kidding, Xavier. Um, he doesn't come in here anymore. And so it's like most of the people who do stuff for this, I found through this. Like, I'm not – you know, it's fun. So as the off season comes up and anybody is has thoughts, you know, if you want to pitch something to me, we can run one offs. I do that all the time. Committing to a regular role with our staff is actually quite hard because I'm a bit of a hard ass. But, you know, if you've got thoughts, please do. Please send them to me.
3: Oh, definitely. Well, I'll definitely give you a heads up. But like I said, I appreciate everything that you do. Um, like I said, I said it in the last space, even though we were just down bad. Like, every, it's fun when you come in here because it's just like you could just vent and everybody just lets out their first That's space right. You, and you're like, I'm good. You <laughs> I'm good now. So uh, I appreciate what you do, Kirk. You have a good night.
1: You too, buddy. Okay. We're done here. We're at an hour. And I said we were going to go a half hour, but I'm a sicko. Again, I would appreciate it if you had subscribed to our YouTube page. I'm going to learn more about this streamyard thing. I think I may do something like a test during the day at some point, and maybe not actually. I don't know. I'm all, like I'm I'm always embarrassed like doing stuff for the first time because it's it's perform you know it's it's performing is not the right word, but you're you're doing something in front of a bunch of people, and if you fuck up, <laughs> you're fucking up in front of a bunch of people, and that's no fun. But uh We'll see what we're doing. I really appreciate you guys hanging out. And head over to Mavs Moneyball where we've got some good posts up that Luca Pass was preposterous. Man, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Everybody have a good day and we'll be back here on Wednesday night. Go Mavs.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.